Bibles, please turn to the book of Luke, chapter 14. Luke, chapter 14, we'll read verses 16 through 24 together. We'll read this passage responsibly. Luke, chapter 14, verses 16 through 24. Luke, chapter 14, verses 16 through 24. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, and the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. And let's finish on verse 24 together. Ready? For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. And let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you've done for us. Lord, just driving on the property this morning, you could sense your presence we could feel the excitement in the air, and we knew something was different. We knew it was Sunday, and we knew that you would be here. Now, Father, please, so many, hundreds and hundreds, and even well over a thousand people here this morning, so many needs. Father, our preacher needs you to speak through him to help meet those needs today, please. May we listen intently in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I'll ask that everyone sit still. No one leave the auditorium. What's about to take place is very big business in God's economy. There's only one subject of this morning. Let me tell you what that subject is. Salvation. Salvation. Helping people to know about Jesus Christ and helping them on their way to the place that's called heaven. A few moments ago, you read together a story from Luke chapter number 14. In this story, what had happened is a certain man had said, I'm going to throw a, a feast for some people. And it was a wonderful thing, a wonderful feast. And he sent his servant out. He said, I want you to go invite everybody you can. Once the meal was ready, he said to his servant, now I want you to go and get the people and bring them back in for the great feast. And the people started making up excuses as to why they could not attend that feast. Now, I want you to know right off the bat, this is a picture of God inviting us to a wonderful place called heaven. Now, listen to this. Listen very carefully. The Bible says that this man that was throwing this feast, it says a certain man made a great supper. Now, what that means there when it talks about great, it probably means that it was kind of a fancy. It's a, it a well-to-do kind of a situation. They were going to do it up just 
right. And when it says great there, I think it meant the size of it. So this was a, this was a wonderful uh, banquet. And not only that, it was going to be a big banquet. So the word great there means there would be a lot of people at it. And it would be a, a fancy kind of a meal or a banquet. He sent his servant. When the supper was ready, he said, Now, I want you to go, and I want you to get everybody. Now, uh, when, when I was growing up, there was more than one way of mom calling us to eat. Every once in a while, she'd say, Chow's on! At another time, she might say, uh, Come and get it! Uh, Mom even had uh, one of those, you ever seen those little triangles made out of uh, uh, cast iron, I think it is, and then there's a little steel pokey you stick in there and you ring it, ring the dinner bell. That means you better come a-running or you're going to do without. But I don't think that's how they did this. I don't think this exquisite banquet thrown by this certain great man for this great number of people, I don't think that the servant stuck his head out the front door of this guy's house and said, come and get it. It wasn't Maul and Paul Kettle style at all. I don't think that's how it was. You say, how do you think it was? I think this was a, this was one of them fancy kinds of servants, you know. Uh, that he would have he would have had him on probably a tuxedo, and it would have you know one of those that buttoned down the back. And uh, he probably had had that tuxedo on, and probably he had, I don't know why they do this. You know, you go to them fancy restaurants, they walk around with a piece of tissue paper on their their arm. But it probably had, you know, had him, he probably had him a, 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 a handkerchief like that. And he probably, he, he, was, he was well-to-do. Uh, you know, hey, do you know how to get a, a handkerchief to dance? Blow a little boogie in it? <laughs> I guess that's not part of the sermon, is it? I think I think this 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 fancy. Uh, you get a lot of truth. You come to this church. We'll teach you the deep things of God. Uh, I think that servant was. I think he was fancy. I think he had his his uh, his uh, towel or whatever that is they put over their arm, and you know he had that fancy outfit on, and he was supposed to go out and get these people to come to this great big banquet that he had uh, that, that his master had prepared. But the Bible says when the servant went out to bring the people for this banquet for this great meal, they began making excuses. Matter of fact, this very same story is found in Matthew chapter twenty-two verse number 5. We won't turn to it, but the Bible says in Matthew 25 about, or 22 verse 5 about the very same story, the Bible says that they even made light of it. They, all, they mocked it. They, they said that, 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 that it's funny. Now remember, this is, this, is a, this is what we call a parable, or this is God explaining about people going to heaven. This feast, God invites people to go to heaven. And he makes a way for them to go to heaven. And here, the Bible says, when God goes to invite someone, they start making excuses about getting saved. Uh, they, they come up with reasons why they shouldn't. Now, this fella, he went out to invite people to this banquet. Listen, uh, let me give you the three excuses that we read there in Luke chapter number 14. He went to one fella, and he said to this fella, he said, uh, I want you to come and go to the banquet now. And this guy said, well... I uh, I bought a piece of property, so I can't come to the banquet tonight. And the servant said, you what? You bought a piece of property, and you can't come to this great feast? No, I can't come. I bought a piece of property, and I have to go and look at it. That's what he said. 
Uh, well, the servant, he, he, went, he went to another place where someone was supposed to come. And he went and he knocked on the door. He said, it's all ready. The food's all ready. We're ready. Come on. And you know what this person said? Oh, oh, oh I can't come to the feast. Well, what's wrong? I bought a cow. You what? You can't come to the feast? Right, right, I can't come to the feast. Now, what do you want me to tell my master? I bought a cow. Okay. So he went to another place where someone was to attend this feast. And he walked up there and, you know, he had his, had his hanky over his arm just like they do. And he said, uh, it's ready. Everything's prepared. The ticket's paid for. Everything is taken care of in full. It's going to be a wonderful thing. My master wants you to come. Everything's cared for. You ready? You know what he said? The third one said, well, I can't come. He said, why? I've got a wife. It's not as bad as the second one, but said, I've got a wife. You can't come. Why? You want me to go back and tell my master that you're not going to accept the free invitation for the free banquet, the most exquisite place in the world. By the way, the most exquisite place in the universe is heaven. said, and what do you want me to go tell my master? It's my wife's fault. She's not ready yet. That's, that's like hell. Uh, it's my wife's fault. You know something, that fella, I want, you, I want these young people right here on the front row, right here. I want you to pay attention. I don't want to look at you the whole service wondering if you're going to listen to me. Oh, my. He went back to his master, and he said... I tried to gather them up, but they wouldn't come. He said, well, what was the problem? He said, I went to this one guy said, he bought a piece of property, so he can't come. Another one said, get this. Sit down to hear this one. The guy said, well, I can't come because I've got a cow. He said, well, what was, the, what was another excuse? Another guy blamed his wife. Huh. You know what the master said? He said, all right. They don't want to come to the feast. If they don't want to accept this free gift that I have for them, if they don't want to accept eternity in heaven forever, then what I want you to do, he said to his servant, he said, now you put, you put your handkerchief back on your arm, you go out there and you go find anybody that's got any sense about them that want to go to heaven, and I'll just, I'll just invite them to come. You go find the poor or the maimed or the halt or the blind. I'm not going to waste everything that's been done. I'm just going to make it. So you go get anybody that's willing to come to the feast and we'll invite them to become a part. And see, that story is a picture of salvation. The master is the Lord Jesus Christ or God, if you will. And heaven has been made available to you and to me. It's made available to those of you that have a piece of property and those of you that have no property. 
but it's made available to you. Now let me tell you something. For all those that reject Jesus Christ, God says, alright, you want to reject Jesus Christ for whatever given excuse, you go ahead and reject. That's not what God wants, but He says, but I'll go to everybody else and I'm going to make the banquet of heaven available to anybody, whether they're smart or dumb, rich or poor, red, yellow, black, white. He said, it's not going to matter to me. I just want my house to be full of people someday. That's what he wanted. This servant, when he went around, he went to the people and he said, come, for all things are now ready. Talking of that feast. You know what that means? That's this. I come to you today and I say to you, I am one of the servants of God. I place my little napkin on my arm and to the people at this great church today, may I say to you that you need to come. Everything's ready for your salvation. Everything's ready. And let me explain something. Jesus Christ, the one that you hear about, you know, we, we, have, we, we, we celebrate Easter and Christmas. Let me tell you something. He is the prophesied Messiah. He is the Savior. And He's the one that's making this all ready for you. And everything's paid for. Let me tell you, your bill is paid in full so you could go to heaven and enjoy a banquet for all eternity with the God of the universe. You see, Jesus Christ came and he was born of a virgin. After he was born of a virgin, he lived 33 and a half years and they were sinless years. They were perfect years. I'm talking about God coming to flesh in the person of Jesus Christ and when he came, he lived his life perfectly. Not a flaw. Not a mistake. Everything he did was exactly in the will of God. And then they hung him on a cross. And they crucified him. And they, they and, and he was put to death. After he came down off that cross, they put him in a grave. And they put a stone over the mouth of that grave. And three days later, he got up out of that grave. He paid your ticket to the banquet in full. It's all taken care of. And as his servant, I come to you today and say, come. Everything's ready. Everything's ready. You can be saved. You can be born again. You can leave this building today on your way to heaven, paid for by somebody else, and it's a free gift. The Bible teaches us that everyone is a sinner. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. There's only two kinds of sinners in this building today. There are saved sinners. There are lost sinners. A saved sinner is someone who's trusted Jesus Christ to take them to heaven someday when they die. But by trusting Him as Savior does not suddenly perfect me. It just saves my soul so I can go to heaven someday. Now I'm going to attempt to live for Him the rest of my life. But there's a saved sinner. I'm a saved sinner. But there are lost sinners. You say, what are lost sinners? Those are people that have not received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and they're going to die and go to hell someday. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you the truth. The Bible teaches everyone's a sinner. Two kinds of people in this room. There are saved sinners, and there are lost sinners. The Bible teaches us we're sinners. The Bible says there is a penalty for our sin. Say, what is that penalty? It is death. It hell, separated from God for all eternity. But 
Good news. I've got good news. Jesus Christ paid your penalty for you. He died for you. He was buried for you. He was resurrected for you. So everyone's a sinner. There's a price on sin. Jesus paid that price with his death, burial, and resurrection. And if you will receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can go to heaven someday when you die. Now, that's the good news. And this whole story is about a man that said, I've got something wonderful for you. And he sent his servant out and said, Servant, go tell him it's all ready. It's paid for. It's free. It's going to be a wonderful thing. Just receive the invitation and they can go to heaven. And when he got out there, there were actually some people that said, No! We don't want to go! And the, the servant went back and said, Master, you're not going to believe the excuses that they use for not trusting you and the excuses that they use for saying no to the free gift of this beautiful banquet. And the master said, all right, then you go, just go get anybody you can and you tell them about this wonderful thing and let's see if they'll accept it. Hey, this is a beautiful story. Hey, let's look at those excuses for a moment. Are you born again? If you died this very day, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? I am. I know if I died today, I know for a fact I'm on my way to heaven because I've done what the Bible says. But let's take a moment. Let's look at these excuses that were given to this servant about not showing up at the banquet. And then let's see if maybe somewhere tucked in these excuses we'll find your excuse for not being born again? What's your excuse for not receiving the free ticket to heaven that Jesus Christ has already paid for in full? Hey, excuse number one. I bought some property. I mean, the servant went out. He said, hey, come on. It's time. It's paid for. The, the banquet's ready. And the Bible says in Luke 14, 8, and they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Now let me tell you, the Bible flat out says it's an excuse. And I believe it's an excuse because it's not a good lie. Any man who had the money to buy a piece of property would surely go and look at it before he bought it. He says, I bought a piece of property. I have to go look at it. Now, an idiot wouldn't have enough money to buy a piece of property, so this guy's a fairly intelligent person, but he comes up with this excuse. He says, I can't, I can't go. I can't do what you want me to do. I bought a piece of property. Now, listen, any man that had bought a piece of property would have investigated that property before buying it. Surely he didn't mean he wanted to just go stare at it. No. And something else about this guy's story. He rejects the banquet. He rejects the free opportunity. And, 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 and he says, uh, I, I, I've got to go look at this property. He, did, he does it at supper time. This, this feast is going to be at the evening meal. Now, to me, supper time is the evening meal. And dinner time is the noon meal. Now, in Bible times, just so you know, they made very big of their evening meal. 
The family had been out all day long, and they would all come back together in the evening. And what in the world? This guy, we know he was going to have an evening meal. I don't think he was going to skip his evening meal to go stare at a piece of property. You know what he's doing? He's making up excuses. How in the world he comes up with such a dumb excuse? I bought a piece of property. I'm rejecting this free and wonderful thing that's being made available to me because I bought a piece of property. It was an excuse. He was making up an excuse for not accepting the free gift. You know what I got to thinking? He couldn't go look at that piece of property at nighttime anyway. They didn't have electricity back then. See, my chief wanted to take care of that during the day. Here's a man that's been offered a free opportunity, paid for in full by somebody else, and he makes up this lame, silly excuse. And he's an intelligent man. You would think he would think better than that. I wonder what it is. I know. Maybe it's this. Maybe what he was saying was, well, I'm a man of means. Maybe it was his social standing. Maybe that's why he wanted to reject this gift. Hey, is that why you're not saved? Because you're, you're, you're social standing. You're a property owner. Maybe, maybe you have some money. Maybe you have a little wealth. Maybe you're a leader in the community. Maybe you're a businessman. Maybe you're well-respected around town. Maybe, you're, maybe your name is known all over the county. Is that why you have never received Jesus Christ? Because you, you wouldn't want to embarrass yourself by lowering yourself to admitting you're a sinner, would you? I wonder if this old boy, when the servant came around and said, You're, you need to come, my master's throwing the banquet all free, all paid for. I wonder if he got to thinking, well, I'm, I'm above that. I don't need that. I'll make my own way. Is that why you're not saved? Are you not saved because you don't think you have to come to Christ the same way the rest of us white trash has to do it? Why well, didn't this for you? You're going to come the same way the rest of us come. We're all going to attend the same banquet, my friend. And you will all come through Jesus Christ and Him alone, or you won't make it into the banquet that we call heaven. Maybe he just thought he was too much of a big shot. I don't want to lower myself. Why would I want to associate with the old-time religion? Give me one of those churches where they'll pat me on the back because I drive a fancy car. and They think I'm somebody just because of what I do in the community. We're not somebody because of what we do in the community. We're somebody because we know somebody as our Savior. What you, what, what you have in this life is not going to stack up when you get to heaven. He's going to have mansions for the people in heaven. And the mansion is built because you trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Oh, maybe he was, a, he was, he was just a, too big for it. It's just, he was too much for this banquet for the common people. Hey, maybe his excuse was it not a, his social standing. Maybe it was his spiritual standing. Maybe, maybe it is, he was a religious person, if you will, but he was not saved. You know, there's sorts, all sorts of people out there talk about God. They're not saved. They're not born again. Hey, maybe you're in the church, but Jesus is not in you. 
You have to be able to go to a time and a place in your life when you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You ought to be able to say, on that day, I realized I was a sinner. I realized I was going to hell. I realized that Jesus died for me, was buried for me, and resurrected for me. And on that day, I cried out to God, asked Him to forgive me of my sin, come into my heart, and be my Savior. And if you can't go to a time and place... You know, somebody says, if you can't go to a time and place like that, you're not born again. Well, I've always been in church. Going to church has nothing to do with going to heaven. Well, when I was a child, they baptized me. That has nothing to do with going to heaven. You must trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Hey, maybe it is. It was not his social standing, but maybe it was his spiritual standing. He was kind of religious, but he didn't have Jesus Christ in his heart. Lost church members. I believe once you get saved, you're always saved. That's what the Bible teaches. But I think there are people that get into churches, they actually figure out a way to join a church without having ever received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And shame on churches that just let people join up without ever receiving Christ as their Savior. It's not supposed to work that way. Hey, maybe you're a member of my church here. Maybe you transferred here from another denominational church that didn't teach salvation biblically according to the Bible. And now you're a member of the church and people think you're saved. There's only two people that know whether you're saved or not. That's you and God. And everybody thinks that you've trusted Christ at some time. But you never did. Well, let me recommend to you today that you not say to me, well, hi, I bought a piece of property. It is my social standing. It is my spiritual standing. I'm not going to accept the invitation to the wonderful banquet of heaven because I don't want to be embarrassed in, the, in front of these church people. There, you, maybe you do some spiritual things, but you're not truly spiritual. Being truly spiritual is having received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you're an employee of a church somewhere. You know, there are people that are employees of churches that have never been born again. You remember, if there's been a time and a place in their life when they received Jesus Christ, they got saved and they're always saved. They did not lose that. But there are some that never had it in the first place. They've never truly trusted Christ. I was preaching up in Michigan at a conference. Preached a message on hell. When I gave the invitation, I said, if you're not born again, raise your hand. I seen a man raise his hand. I thought he didn't understand me. I said, if you're not born again, raise your hand. He raised his hand again. I said, if you're not born again, won't you come down here at this altar and why don't you get born again tonight and settle it once and for all. And the reason I thought this man was confused is because he was a pastor. Sure enough, he came down the aisle, he got on his face, he prayed and asked Jesus Christ to come in his heart and save him. He stepped up on the platform while I was preaching. He said, now what do I do? I've got some of my people here. I realized this evening that I've been playing a religious game all this time and, 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 and I got saved tonight. Now what do I do? I said, brother, now that you're born again, follow the Lord in believers' baptism, go home and pastor your people. They deserve a saved preacher. Hey, is it your standing? Are you a big shot? Is it your big shot church uh, uh, affiliation or reputation that's going to keep you from getting saved? Or are you a big shot in the community and you don't need God? Listen, are you a bus worker or a Sunday school teacher or a long-term member? You say, well, I'll tell you what, I've done a lot of things down at the church. Doing things at the church does not save anybody. It's trusting Jesus Christ that saves you. Well, what excuse is it? Well, I'm not ready. I'm not ready yet. 
is free, not ready to receive Jesus Christ, why are you ready for hell? I'm not ready yet. We're going to have to be ready for one or two. So if you're not ready for heaven, you must be ready for hell. Well, I don't have enough time. Well, it doesn't take very long to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've been putting it off long enough. Well, let me think about it. Okay? There's a place called heaven. There's a place called hell. Get saved. Go to heaven. Stay like you are. Go to hell. Here we go. Let's think about it. Have you had enough time now? You need a little more time? Okay. I would say that's ample time to say yes to Jesus Christ and no to hell. How intelligent do you have to be? And when I told you earlier, this guy made up an excuse and he said, well, I have a piece of property. You said, that guy's ignorant. What's your problem? He thought he was pretty smart with his answer, but God shows him he was not. Hey, lost so-called Christian, you may fool people, but you're not going to fool God. And when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, you're not going to fool yourself either. You're not even going to fool the devil because the devil has some of you right where he wants you. He wants you to stay where you're at, trying to convince everybody you're something that you're not. And he wants to take you right to hell like that. Hey, lost well-to-do person, you need to know, rich or poor, they all go to the same hell for doing the same thing. What? Rejecting salvation. Rejecting the offer to come to the banquet in heaven that's made available by the master of the house, which is Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Accepting that as payment for your sin. What's your excuse? It's my social standing. It's my spiritual standing. Hey, what was the next one? I see another excuse. Get this one. This is what I call my sermon. I bought a cow. That's something. I bought a cow. Sir, why are you not? Uh, hey, sir, why are you Why are you here in hell? Picture two guys burning in hell together. Why are you here in, in hell? I bought a cow. You're in hell because you bought a cow? Yeah. God didn't think the excuse was a very good one either. Uh-huh. Luke 14, verse 19. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have any excuse. This guy bought some cattle. Now these animals would be the ones that would be used to pull a plow. Maybe he was a farmer. You hear about the blonde? A blonde visited the farm. Seen a cow. A cow out in the field that had no legs. No legs at all, she said to the farmer. I know what breed of cow that is. He said, what breed of cow is my legless cow? She said, ground beef. <laughs> the servant goes and says, sir, will you? it's time for the banquet. It's all paid for. Jesus has made everything available. Oh, no, I couldn't. Well, what should I tell the master? Tell him I bought a cow. Nobody in their right mind would go buy oxen without first testing their ability to work or pull. But this guy said, i got to go test them out. It, 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 listen, how silly that is. I need to go try out my oxen to see if they're going to work. Now you tell me something. 
Would you go buy a car and then say, okay, now that I bought it, let's see if it runs well. You say, that's stupid. Right. Would you buy a boat and then after you paid for it, see if it would float? Would you buy a plane having never flown on it and say, okay, guys, now that it's paid for, let's go try her out. Do you try your shoes on before you buy them? If not, you walk like this. What an excuse. I bought a cow. I can't go to heaven. I bought a cow. You gotta understand, I'm a cow kind of person. He couldn't plow at night. This was during the evening meal. Oxen don't have headlights. They have horns, but they don't work. This ox was this man's way of maybe earning his living. Hey, maybe his excuse here is we put it on the spiritual parallel of salvation in heaven. Maybe he's just too busy working. Make my way in this world. Well, let me tell you something, buddy. There's a next world to come. This world's short. You're going to wish you would have taken the time to get born again. Maybe he thought, well, I'll work my way to heaven. I mean, he said, I bought a cow. I can do this on my own. I'll provide my own banquet. I'll take care of my own way. Well, just in case you're thinking you will work your way to heaven, maybe you'd like to hear a couple of scriptures. It, the Bible says in Titus 3, 5, that not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saves us. Maybe Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, 9, where it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. In other words, if you're sitting out there, you're saying, Well, I'll work my way to heaven. You're going to take yourself straight to hell. I bought a cow. It's my livelihood. I'm a hard worker. I'll make my own way. You listen to me. Salvation is free to us all. But you may need to understand something. If you're the kind of person that says, I would like to work my way to heaven, I admire you. I admire you because I'm tired of the welfare society that everybody that's lazy gets taken care of by everybody that wants to work hard. But let me explain something. I admire the fact that you would like to work your way to heaven, but you can't do it that way. Somebody else worked your way to heaven. He say, who was it? It was Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He, he was born of a virgin. They, they crucified him on a cross. They buried him. He was resurrected. And believe me, he put in his overtime because up from the grave he arose. He's already paid your ticket. I admire the fact that you say, I want to work my way. I like that. I like hard work. I like integrity. I like the person who wants to work. But he doesn't want you to work your way to heaven. He wants you to get saved and accept the free ticket paid for by Jesus Christ. Then harness in and go work for God because of what He did for you. Not to get the salvation, but you work for Him because of what He got for you and gave it to you freely. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Hey, I 
can't picture this. People that say, I have to do good works to get to heaven. Explain something to me. Was Jesus born of a virgin, lived 33 and a half perfect, sinless years on this earth. When they drove the nails in his hands, he spake not a word. He didn't cuss. He didn't fight back. He did not hate. He did not despise. He had no bitterness. He had no animosity in him. For to do so was for him to sin. Did they beat his back raw? Did they drive the nails in his hands, in his feet, put a crown of thorns on his head, pluck out his beard, put a spear in his side, giving vinegar to drink, stripping naked, cussing, mocking, beating, and abusing, putting in a grave, bury him? He had the power to get up out of that grave on the third day. And did he get to heaven? And God said, no, it's not enough. Human beings have to do it for themselves. Don't you tell me that. Don't you tell me that my Savior's sacrifice was not enough. Don't you try to convince me that Jesus, His blood, His death, His burial, and His resurrection was not enough. Somebody's selling you a wooden nickel. You see, I bought a cow. I worked my way there. My cow's my livelihood. You don't work your way there. When he got to heaven, God said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And Jesus said, It is finished. And he doesn't need your help. He needs your surrender to accept him as Savior. I, I bought a piece of property. That's why I'm going to hell. My social standing. My standing in the religious world. I bought a cow. How about this one? I married a wife. It's the woman's fault. Now that may be true. <laughs> Listen to this. Servant went and said, come on, let's go. It's all paid for. Jesus has everything ready. Get saved. Luke fourteen twenty. And another said, I have married a wife. I therefore cannot come. Anybody knows that a young man usually eats out a lot, a lot because his wife can't cook. Don't you tell me this guy said, Sure, we want to turn down a good home-cooked meal. Why do you think he wants to visit his mother all the time? A young married couple's always short on funds. Don't tell me they would have turned down a free meal. Hey, salvation is what your new marriage needs. So we want to get up. We want to start out right. You know what you need to do? You need to get born again today, you and your wife. You need to come to Sunday school next Sunday morning and go to Brother Nash's Young Married Couples class where we can teach you to rear your kids and have a decent life. There's a new bride. She'd spent two hours preparing her first breakfast. She sat at the table, eagerly watching her husband slowly savor each forkful. How is it, honey? She said. He said, well... After wiping his lips, you probably could have beaten the eggshells a little more, but it's a good start. You understand, this man used the excuse, I married a wife, so I'm rejecting heaven. Hey, what's your excuse? Well, it's my family. No, no, you don't understand. If you don't get saved today and you're not saved, that's your fault. Such a wife, such a mom, or your dad, or your uncle, or your brother, or your sister, or your aunt, or your uncle. 
Well, my family's Lutheran. We're not talking about Lutheran today. We're talking about receiving Jesus Christ. My family, well, they're, they're Catholic. Well, my family, they're, they're moron. I mean, Mormon. It really doesn't matter about your family. I don't care if you're Baptist, Catholic, Lutheran, Pentecostal. If you don't get born again, you'll die and go to hell. And where your church membership resides has nothing to do with going to heaven. It's where does Jesus reside. And if he's not in your heart, after receiving him as personal Savior, you'll die and go to hell. Say, well, you're very straightforward about it. Yeah, and I ought to be. That's what the church is all about. The church is not all about getting fancy chandeliers. The church is all about keeping people out of hell. That's what we're supposed to be doing, you say. What's the big stir around the Shenandoah Bible Baptist Church? We're keeping people out of hell. We're getting people born again. We're not telling them, if you just give your money to the church, you'll be just fine. You can keep your money. Get your heart. Get yourself saved. Get yourself born again. If God, hey, if you'll give God your soul, if He wants your money, He'll get that. I don't want your money. I'd rather you got born again today and leave here and never give me a penny than for you to give me one million dollars for my church and for you to die and go to hell. It's my family. My boyfriend wouldn't like it if I got saved. What kind of boyfriend would want you to go to hell? Well, my girlfriend, this wouldn't set very well with her. So when you're both sitting in hell, that'll go over well? I would get saved, but my mother wouldn't like it. I'd get saved, but my father wouldn't like it. I'd get saved, but really I want to wait for my husband. But you get saved now. I'll wait for my wife. No, you get saved now. Most of the time, one of the two hits the altar first, gets born again, and the other one either follows that day or another day to come. But if they never followed, if they truly loved you, they would not want you to spend eternity in hell. You really love others. You wouldn't want to stop them from getting saved. You wouldn't want to stop them from being spiritual. Anybody who wants to be more spiritual than you, get off their case and leave them alone. What's wrong with being spiritual? And what's wrong with being saved? I'm saved, and I'm glad that I'm saved. I'm not ashamed of what I am. I'm a Christian. I am born again. I didn't pay for it. I didn't work for it. It was a free gift from Jesus Christ. I didn't make up the excuse that I'm, I'm a property owner. I didn't make up the excuse that I married a cow. No, that I, 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 I've, I've got a cow. Oh, man. When you get tongue-tied, it's bad. You ought not ever talk as fast as I do. The question is, is your family saved? Well, what would my family think if I got saved? Well, if they cared, they'd be glad for you. No matter what the excuse. When I gave you these excuses and I said, this guy said, I don't want it. I've got a piece of property. I don't want it. I've got a cow. I don't want it. I've got a wife. Every one of you said, now that's silly. Why would they act that way? Then why are you unsaved right this second? What's your excuse? Or should we all just put all excuses aside today and say, you know what? I'm going to settle this thing once and for all. I'm going to get born again. I'm not going to wait until another time. 
I'm going to realize it's urgent. It needs to be taken care of now. I, I, you say, I would like to understand it all. Hey, listen, you want to understand it all? You're a sinner. Sinners go to hell. Jesus died. He was buried and resurrected for sinners. He paid a free ticket for you to go to heaven. You need to turn to him. Ask him to for, forgive you of the fact that you've rejected him all this time. Come into your heart. Be your Savior. Get born again. You just got you a college degree in salvation education. That's what it takes. That's how you get born again. Doesn't matter if you're a good person, you're not good enough to work your way to heaven. Doesn't matter your social standing, hell's the same for everybody. It doesn't matter your spiritual standing. You say, I'm a religious person. Oh, fooey with religion. Let's get Jesus in your heart and get you born again. I want to work for it. If you could work for heaven, you wouldn't like it. You wouldn't like it once you got there. Look at everything you've worked for all your life. You're not satisfied with it. Hasn't made you happy, has it? Well, I'll tell you somebody whose work pays off big dividends. That's the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. I reject it because of other people. Well, you may reject because of somebody else and use that as your, your excuse, but you go to hell alone. You go to hell alone. I come to you today, sent by God. And I say to you, come. Come. I'm the servant of God. Come. It's all paid for. Come. The banquet is ready. Come. Folks, come. Get born again. Come on. Get saved. It's going to be wonderful. Come. Oh, no. You won't need any money. You won't need a ticket. It's all paid for. Come. Oh, no. You don't, no, no, you, you don't understand. You don't have to understand anything but salvation. You don't, need, you don't need a college degree. Come. 